0: The third hour of the whole show. Thanks, Noob. You and Jade said the same thing. I apparently said wrapping up hour two, not one. I'm still not used to the three-hour thing. Like, we're having a great time. It's easy to talk for three hours. It's just I'm still, like, the timing of everything is still complicated for me, Jade. You do it, like, every day. Thank you. Well, I mean, so I've only been going a week and a half, so it's not every day. It's just a few days so far. I messed it up every day. Have I messed it up every day? I I think so. Like all jokes aside, Jade, um, your last day will be Friday. So, <laughs> and that's actually right. So don't take offense to that. Um, you are going to stick around and do stuff, right?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What are you going to be doing? I can't. I can't leave the <laughs> Brady Bunch.
0: <laughs> that's true. This is kind of the Brady Bunch around here, man. Uh, but noob also calling me out on that. Thank you. Well, we'll get better at it. It's a. I've been doing two hours for. Several years. Three hours. It's a brand new thing, man. It's a brand new game. There's a lot of stuff. You know what else is brand new? What's that? The clips that you don't ever let me use. What is the clip? Okay, give me the clip. I want to hear Rob Walton talking about Roger Goodell. Goodell. We have a new name for him, and here it is. Thank you, everybody. It's great to see you today, and I'd like to thank Roger uh, Goodell, uh, Commissioner Goodell, (laughs) That's gotta stick. Can we can you cut that just the Goodle? Commissioner Goodall. Just cut that. I wanna hear that from now on. Roger uh, goodle, uh Commissioner Goodall. Now you're getting it. Um do you find it a little strange that you buy a team and you don't know the how to pronounce the commissioner's name, or is that just an honest mistake or he's a multi bazillionaire that it's like, dude, listen, Raj, I I'm not even gonna bother <laughs> Learning your last name right i mean <laughs> is that is that what it is or is it anything
1: well i don't I don't think it's anything i mean he's kind of a mumbler goodell good like he he's just a mumbler I think it's just how he's at, gonna always say it, but you know if Mr. Roger over here gets a little offended, Walton will probably just buy him. Well, so. How many
0: games have. Yeah, probably. How many games or uh, pl- names has Roger Goodell, Goodell, messed up in his time, too, right? I mean, you too know, many. That's, yeah, so. Because uh, he's probably. I, in fairness, I don't blame him for messing up names because he does. There's four million different names coming out um, all the time as far as. Draft and all that stuff. Well,
1: so. in the NFL of all sports, I mean, apart from hockey, the NFL has some difficult names.
0: Oh yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. Man, like, like we get the luxury of trying to figure it out, you know, on the fly, and well, not on the fly, but sitting down and looking up these names and stuff. So, I, I just think it's comical because yeah. uh, he's, you know, Goodall is such a big piece to what the NFL's all about. And this dude that's just richer than anybody in the world comes in, and first press conference is like, Godel. That's it. That's what your name's going to be.
1: Not only first press conference, first line. <laughs>
0: first line. <laughs> and then he
1: did it twice. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I know. It's hilarious to me. But the other thing better not happen, though. Roger Goodell better not come up and screw up Walton's name. Like that, because... Cause they, cause Goodell works for the owners, so if that happens, then there's going to be trouble.
1: Yeah, because then, I mean, I understand if Walton would just buy Goodell over here, but <laughs> no, if if you mess up Walton's name, he's probably buying the NFL as a whole.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I I thought it was comical, fun to go with it. All right, Jades, we need to get to today in the National Football League. It's time. Take a look at some of the top stories trending nationally when it comes to all things NFL. First one I want to get to is this one. And and I think he has a point. Aaron Rodgers says he doesn't feel the need to play in the preseason. But he also says, if I'm going to play in the preseason, uh, I don't want to just do a a series. I'm either going to actually play some meaningful time or I don't want to do it at all. He hasn't played a preseason snap since 2018. He was supposed to play one game in the summer of 19 until the plan got scrapped because of poor field conditions, um, and then the combination of a poor start to last season and breaking in new receivers and offensive linemen might be the reason to do so. This year, according to one beat writer for the Green Bay Packers, Rodgers says, I don't see any benefit to it as far as playing in a preseason game. He said, I definitely don't see any benefit to playing one series. If we're going to play, we should play and play a quarter, a couple of series, two or three series, just suiting up for four plays, to me, is a waste. And he's absolutely right. I, I mean, I thought it was strange, even at the college level, like we went to the spring game for UNC, like Dylan McCaffrey just did one series. Just one movement down the field, and then he was done. So was Isaiah Dotson, the, the running back that they're very high on. I was like, what is that? Tell you, I mean, just one possession, one series is all it's going to do. I've I've always been like this, and if with with Russell Wilson, if, assuming he plays on Saturday, which I have no reason to believe he wouldn't, then I think you got to go at least one of these games. You got to go first half. One game is first half. You know, in in the old days when it was four games, a lot of times in that third game they would call that the dress rehearsal game. So quarterbacks would essentially play the first half, go to the locker room, come out, play a series in the third, just so they can kind of get back in that mode of, okay, we played a full first half, we're, we're tired, we're, we're exhausted, we want to get adjusted to coming out of the locker room, um, and then kind of just build that in one time through. I don't know if that's the way teams are doing it anymore now. I mean, I don't even know what is the dress—when's the dress rehearsal game? Is that the second game, or is it this game? Is the first game of the preseason the dress rehearsal game? So Aaron Rodgers goes off to talk about that. I uh, don't have any issue with it. However, Coach LaFleur already said that Rodgers won't play in the uh, Friday preseason opener at San Francisco or the Week 2 game against the Saints. But he has not ruled him out of the preseason finale at Kansas City. See, and I thought the third game, the finale now, the third game is the, hey, these are guys we want to see more of or bubble players, guys that might not make the team. That's what I kind of think the third game has more or less or should more or less become. but I mean, I guess it's kind of it's still fairly new, just trying to navigate through how the preseason is uh is viewed for these teams. Some some teams don't believe like some coaches don't believe in starting any of their studs. But like Josh McDaniels, we're talking about him earlier, why the hell did he start he played Josh uh, Josh Jacobs in that Hall of Fame game. So the Raiders got four preseason games. And the Hall of Fame game, I think we all agree, is the least meaningful of all of the preseason games. Yet Josh Jacobs, who is one of the stars in this division played a few snaps. What if he gets hurt in that game and you say, well, we wanted to see what he had? You've already seen what he had. He's a good runner. He's a decently. He's a decent running back. He's, he's good.
1: I would say he's good. My hypothesis is that he's either working through something and just wanted to get a couple of reps to see how he's feeling. Or he's trying out a different style of running,
0: perhaps, Maybe he was or, trying to or see. Or the different schemes with the mm-hmm. offensive line because Josh McDaniels is... You know, he's from that Bilicek tree, and he's maybe wanting to change how he looks at the offensive line when he's running.
1: Exactly. So I don't think it has to do anything with his talent or what he displays, but more so nece- more so to do with, like, a change maybe happening or him working through some sort
0: of, like, maybe he tweaked something and just wanted to get some feel for it. I mean, that's what this is all about is just trying to see things, and McDaniels is introducing a brand-new formula to the Raiders. So, um but it did bring up rumors that are they showcasing him? Are they shopping him? You know, for the tra- trying to trade him? And uh McDaniel said, "No, we're not trying to trade Josh McDaniels." All right, did you see the story about Sean McVay? A new profile for ESPN. I was I was reading this yesterday. Um it put like this crazy close-up of him in his face, so when you go to ESPN, it looks like you're just looking up pictures of Sean McVay. So I felt weird when people walked in. They're like, "Why are you looking at Sean McVay again?" Uh, but th- that was purely because I was researching at that point. Um, new new profile for ESPN talked about his details about his run in with Matthew Stafford, which we heard about in Cabo, Saint Luke, Saint Lucas, um, before they got him. Before they got him in the trade, which of course later resulted in the Rams trading for him. But did you? So like he was a. He talked about this and said, hey, I had a couple of tequilas after that. And uh, he calls and gets on a FaceTime with uh, with Rams Brass, with his higher-ups, to champion uh, Matt Stafford. And so he said he was a few tequilas in when he called him. And he just goes, here's the effing deal, okay? We can sit here and exist I love that. It's meaningful, deep and meaningful. And just be okay winning 9-11 to 11 games and losing the blanking divisional round and feel like, oh, everything's okay. Or we could let our blanking blanks out, let you guys fill in the blanks, and go trade for this blanking quarterback and give ourselves a chance to go win a blanking world championship. You ready to blanking do this or what? <laughs> We're not allowed to cuss in the air, by the way. McVeigh recalled the conversation, which drew laughs from Ram staffers on the other end of the phone. I'd say it works out pretty good, man. Like, I Sean McVeigh, to me is such an interesting study. We're talking about coaches and their demeanor and how they are. He's the guy that can do anything he wants. He's already won a championship. There was already contemplation about him perhaps retiring from the NFL um because you know he was going to go do media stuff. He's definitely a guy that could go do that. No question about it. He did, but he did just sign an extension with the Rams. So he's just one of those guys. He's and then when you hear him talk a little bit more about just how passionate he was about going and getting Matt Stafford, here's my question though. Isn't it borderline tampering that they were talking in Cabo and Lucas about they had to be talking about re, about joining each other? Isn't that tampering? Isn't that what, like, the Dolphins were getting in trouble for, for contacting Tom Brady about a trade? Now, again, there's no way of us knowing if they actually talked about a trade, but he's kind of saying that after they talked, he advocated to trade for Matt Stafford. Is that not some kind of tampering in in and of itself, or am I I off there? No, I think you're right. It seems like...
1: I don't know if it's necessarily tampering or what the exact jurisdiction would be,
0: but it's definitely not right. It it seems a little strange to me, and, and may, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. But what we're reading in these memoirs or whatever about Sean McVay is that they had a had a great conversation, a great run in with Matt Stafford. Then he gets on Facetime and calls Rams' Brass and says, "We need to trade for this blanking guy." He was three. He was de- a couple of tequilas deep. You don't think that at any point McVeigh's like, let's get you over to let's get you over to LA and Matt's like, Man, I would love that, man. Anyway, had my fingers crossed though, it didn't count. I was i I'm walking this way now, I gotta go. I guess there's nothing you can do. You can't prove it, right? If it wasn't in a text message or an email and nobody witnessed the conversation, right? There's there's essentially nothing then at that point. But it does seem a little you know that's what they talked about. You absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. They were talking about joining forces in Los Angeles and trying to win a Super Bowl. No question about it. Don't care. There was no paper trail. It's fine. Sean McVay is the best. 18 minutes after the hour. We'll take a short break when we come back. Biggest question marks surrounding the Broncos now that we've had camp under our belts for a bit. So we'll get to that on the other side. It's the whole show powered by PDC Energy. Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA.
1: Take it from a guy that played the game. Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard, weekdays after the Hull Show on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA.
0: Hey, this is Mark Johnson, voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, and you're listening to The Hull Show with my buddy Brady Hull on 1310 KFKA. the, I like the air drums back there, Jade. You're feeling it, man. Yes! Are you becoming more of an ACDC fan now, after doing this show, or have you always been? Yeah, I was never not an ACDC fan. I don't think that's a real question either, right? You can't ask them, are you an ACDC fan? You ask them, how much of an ACDC fan are they? Unless your your name's Micah. Is he not an ACDC fan? I doubt it. I've known him for a long time, and I I I guess I don't know the answer to that question. He's one of those, like, Cody Tucker from 7220, like, those screaming metal. I like heavy metal. There's a difference. Heavy metal and screaming metal. There is a difference, James. I know you don't believe me, but there's a difference. Who's your favorite uh, heavy metal artist, then? Heavy metal artist, if we want to do... So, my favorite rock artist of all time and the greatest singer of all time, lyricist of all time, is Chris Cornell. Um, But you wouldn't really say what he did was heavy metal. Ah! I'm a big Seven Dust guy. You wouldn't know that band. LaJohn Witherspoon is the lead singer for them. So there you go. That's that's probably that's probably them. Seven, as far as heavier metal, I'm probably going to go there with Seven Dust. Very good. Slipknot's up there, too. That's probably heavy, heavy metal, though. That's probably where Michael and I can cross, you know, where we cross over and into some of our music world.
1: I play a Seven Dust song on this. Yeah, yes, I you play, do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Dying to live. Yes. It's um, a great tune. I, yes. I, I got to disagree with you. Uh, who, who is it? Rob Zombie. Is is? I uh, don't know.
0: Yes. Talented, but I'll say that when he, so he did two different versions of himself. Like he'd do Rob Zombie. He'd also do White Zombie. Um, he had this album, the one that came out that has, you know, what is, has all of his hits on there.
1: Dracula, yes. Living Dead Girl. Yes.
0: And I had that album, loved it, but I played it. To death, nonstop, in junior high, and so by the time I'm like getting out of high school, I was like, I can't. Li-. And I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of other songs that I could listen to all my life and still love them, but I just beat the hell out of that album. And uh, yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me anymore.
1: See, that's the problem with ACDC too. Is that their yeah, their songs are but so. But I can good.
0: see. Yeah, that's the thing. But, I can listen to now. There's probably two or three. That I'm go, I can go. All right, I've heard like Thunderstruck. That one I've heard eight million times. Oh, yeah. I don't. If I if I'm going through my albums on my Amazon, my 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 library or whatever, I'm probably skipping past that song.
1: Back in Black is overplayed. Probably too. TNT. I I still like TNT. It's it's good. Highway to Hell is up there too. Like
0: Shoot to Thrill, I can listen to that song all yeah. the time. That one I can go and and tune into. No matter okay,
1: what. Okay, I, I can see that.
0: There's, there's like money. The one you just played, Money mm-hmm. Talks. I, that one I can listen to all the time. There's just a bunch of ACDC songs that I love. There's some, some that you know they were just the mega, 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 mega hits. Yeah. And then you hear them all the time. Yeah, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one too. Just unique, man. Yeah. Every they, song is about pretty almost every song is about sex. Yeah. A- almost every single money. song. Money. And have a drink on me, so alcohol. But like, and I know they say, "Well, Brady, that's rock music." Yeah, but ACDC is like ninety. That's like music. Yeah, it's true. But ACDC is like ninety eight percent of their songs. Yeah, and they're pretty raunchy. If you if you if you just sit and listen to ACDC and know that ninety nine percent of their songs are about sex, then you are going to go, "Wait, that song's not about." Sex. Oh, it is. Oh. Well, <laughs> and it's I'm, like that's great. Brady, see, you're you're ruining all these songs. You ruined another one for me to earlier. T- 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 you and me go fishing in the dark. We can't talk about it on air. No. But just you know, there people know what that song's really about. It's I a don't. great song, but you're it's just about something it. else. Nope. I'm trying to educate it's you, not. Jades. It's you're it. going you're getting I'm getting ready to send you off fly fly little butterfly into college and I want you to bring these stories to these—you're going to go to these parties at some point that are just all diet sodas and stuff, all these great parties that you're going to go to. And they're gonna be talking about, dude, you play the new Fortnite game, bro? And you're gonna be like, dude, did you actually know that this song means this? Or this? and they're gonna go, the, the the girls are gonna be like, dude, he's educated. That's gonna be my he's party talking. trick. These guys are talking about Fortnite and you know whatever else. And they're gonna go, dude, you're amazing. You know all these things. Where did you learn all that? And then I'll pop out because I'll be at the party for some reason. I'm be like, he learned it from me.
1: So I'm kind of like your second yeah. child. Like pretty you, much. Like you did wrong by Tanner, so you're doing oh, right by me. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Um Tanner, I tried. I tried to change that kid, mm-hmm. but he was all like, I like country music <laughs> and cars and trucks and I just couldn't couldn't get it out of his out of his ears. And I tried to get I tried to put some rock music in front of him to listen to and it just didn't take hold. Yeah. I'm, I, I just... love our morning show, Good Morning No But today they were talking about like who's gonna win Entertainer of the Year. And they were all country music people. I'm like, who dubbed them worthy of saying that they're the entertainer of the year? Like, why is it a country musician that's the entertainer of the year, bro?
1: Yeah. If you think about concerts, though,
0: I mean, I I could see it if it comes on the concerts and stuff. I'll give you this. The stuff I listen to is not going to win awards for entertainer of the year because the masses don't like it. Right. Because people want to hear about drinking a bear and losing her girl and, you know, put dog in the back seat of the truck, or whatever Lady Gugu is singing about. (laughs) You know, they don't want to hear what what I'm listening to that actually has written lyrics and meaningful stuff, but no, it's Poker Face and uh, Bud Light.
1: No, I'll listen to Taylor Swift sing about her exes all day long.
0: (laughs) I do not care. I'll say, though, like, there are guilty pleasures. ACDC is a guilty pleasure. I don't listen to that for the Oh, wow, thought-provoking lyrics. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. So I will admit, not all of my rock music is educational and deep and meaningful, but I like lyrics. I like a well-written,
1: uh, a well-written song. Since we went back to rock music, you're still helping me with history of rock and roll?
0: Yes. Are you, right. are you, when do you start that class? Uh, the 22nd. I wish I, I, I... You could tell... Do you know who the teacher is? You don't have to say his name on the air. You could text uh, me. Yeah, I do. Now I want to know. Uh, I don't know if it's the same person. Do they change him up? Do they have different teachers of history of rock and roll? I don't know. I doubt it. I bet it's the same guy. It's an online class. Though, yeah, so. I, it was online for me. I bet it's the same. It's actually really good. It's a very fun class. Um, I don't care what kind of music fan you are, because there was a lot of stuff in there that I didn't care about, but all influential, because some kind music, in some fashion, they it, you and I might disagree on the music that we like, but... They were all influenced ultimately by like the same people, kind of oh, the same 100%. Core of people Yeah, there's our music show. That was our addition for uh, for a music podcast that we're going to try to put together. Thirty minutes after the one o'clock hour. The Broncos depth chart is has been released, the unofficial depth chart, but just for the preseason. What does it mean? Does it answer questions? Does it add more questions? We'll talk about it next. But first, let's get the latest on the local sports flash. This is Nico Medved, the men's basketball coach of the Colorado State Rams. You're listening to the Hall Show on 1310 KFKA. Okay, I just read a tweet From Zach Stevens Of DNVR Broncos He's our Broncos insider We will be getting him on On a regular basis soon He just tweeted this out You tell me what it means All this new ownership stuff And there's new group New people coming in Joining the group Guess who's been at practice Every single day Since training camp began With no reason to be there the man himself, the Duke, John Elway. Why is he a practice every single day, Jades, if he doesn't need to be there, if his job is changing? Now, we know Joe Ellis is officially done with the Broncos now. I mean, he said, hey, I'll be available if you have questions, but I'm off, guys. Is that the same case for John Elway? Surely not. I mean, if... If he's there every single day, does that mean that they're trying to get him into more of an ownership? Like, he he comes in as a part of the group. Or is he just like, hey, i still got my ticket or still got my key here and it worked, so nothing I else going on. So I thought I'd just kind of check this out. It's fun to see Broncos practice. You know, I still kind of want to be there. I don't want to let go. I don't know. I mean, it would make sense. He's bringing in a NASCAR drivers and Condoleezza Rice and all these other people coming into the group. John Elway would make perfect sense, I, I think. But, but then it goes back to, wait, what about Manning? Was Manning ever thought? Ah, again, conspiracy theory. Type stuff today. First advantage, text line 888 530 0043. That's 888 530 0043. The Denver Broncos unofficial, but maybe official, depth chart was released yesterday. Any surprises there? Uh, you know, obviously with Tim Patrick off, it does. You know, Jerry Judy is the number number two wide receiver with Cortland, Cortland Sutton's number one, Jerry Judy, and then KJ Hamler's the slot receiver. Garrett Bowles still hanging on to the left tackle. Dalton Reisner is still hanging on to the left guard spot um, with Graham Glasgow as his backup. How about that? Graham's losing his job, it looks like. That's what we've been kind of following along at camp is that Graham Glasgow might even get be one of those cuts from the team, to be honest. Center um, Lloyd Cushenberry, I think he's poised to have a really good season. Quinn Miners taking over that right guard spot at this stage with Graham Glasgow being put to the bench as a backup. So the belly is getting the probably going to get the start and then maybe his job to lose. You'll see how training camp goes. Uh Calvin Anderson at right tackle. Albert Oquebanon at uh, at the tight end with Greg Dulcich as his backup, Andrew Beck as the third string. Um Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone. And then Shocker, Russell Wilson, is taking over as the Starting quarterback, there he he's beating out Josh Johnson and Brett Ripon at this point. So interesting quarterback drama developing, but Russell is is taken over on the defensive side of the ball. Draymond Jones at uh, D end, DJ Jones at D tackle. I know they're excited about him with Mike Purcell being his backup. Just Sean Williams at uh, the other defensive end in that three four that base three four defense. Bradley Chubb on the outside, Malik Reed on the outside, and then Josie Jewell and Jonas Griffith. Nothing big there. Patrick Sertan, Ronald Darby as the corners, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons as the safeties. Brandon McManus is still your kicker and your kickoff guy. Sam Martin will punt the football. Montrell Washington will be the kick and punt returner at this point. Hearing a lot about him, and uh, it would be nice for the Broncos. And again, I think a lot of teams are going through this now. Not a lot of teams have a good return guy. It's just not part of the foundation of your team as much anymore. You don't see the Dante Halls or um, the Devin Hester's as much because of the rule changes in the league. And even when there are good returns, what happens? It's usually a penalty. So, yeah, we're hopeful. Um, but we always, I always hear a lot of Broncos people say this. Ah, oh, it's been so long since we've had a consistent returner. It's like hasn't that been the case for everybody in the NFL? Re- returning for touchdowns it just doesn't happen that often anymore. It was like, dude, Jades, I wish you would have been alive for this. I'm guessing you weren't. Maybe. Dante Hall. Devin Hester. Devin Hester? No? Those two. Dante was amazing for the Chiefs. You know Devin from uh, the Bears? Yeah, I know the names. He's I just, a Hall of Famer, maybe. I, I know the
1: names. I don't know the players or play styles.
0: Devin Hester, if you say he's a Hall of Famer as a kick returner. I say yes. But if you're going to put him in as a wide receiver, then I say no. Is that fair? Dante Hall, though, I don't know how long his stint was, but for about four years, that guy, they called him the human joystick. He was so fun to watch. i That was one of my favorite. Like, what's your favorite play in football? Like, your favorite exciting play? Is it a, a deep touchdown pass, a running back, an interception, a sack? What's your favorite play?
1: I like I don't know I like a good um running back breakthrough
0: play. the running back breakthrough for like a 30 40 yard touchdown long yeah. touchdown yeah yeah I I like that I mean don't get me wrong that's fantastic I I it, for me it's a it's a it's a pick six like a like a long one like not hey they are on their own one yard line and they try to throw a screen pass and there's a guy right there like a he seeks it out, he's baiting the guy, and then he's running full speed, picks it out of midair, the receiver behind him looks flabbergasted. But a good punt return for a touchdown, man. Love seeing you just don't see it. We saw it on the preseason game and the Hall of Fame game and they called it back. But it's so much funny. You just don't you don't see him anymore because of the rule changes. And I get it. The punt return is the most dangerous. Arguably one of the more dangerous in in our four sports that we majorly talk about here. That's one of the more dangerous plays or schemes in all of sports. Because you have a guy looking straight up trying to catch a ball with, you know, any seven, eight guys. The guys that are the the hunters are coming after you, running full sprint at you, and you're going to try to field it. Maybe you want a fair catch or whatever, but that's a tough one. That's a tough, tough position to play, and obviously the NFL has done a lot to reduce um, injuries when it comes to punt return and kick, especially kickoffs. Kickoffs is tough because that kick returner is getting speed going a lot quicker than the punt returner, because the punt returner gets the ball and typically moves left and right a little bit. Kick returner, you're really trying to run north and south, and then the guys are coming to get you. But it'd be nice to see the Broncos have a solid one, but it's easier said than done when it comes to that. First advantage text line, 888 Um Just looking at the depth chart, any question marks that stand out? The number one question mark for me is again, this is the number one. This has now jumped to the top of the list, or maybe it was tied with Bradley Chubb at first. Can Jerry Judy be the number two guy that they need? Can he finally live up to all the hype and be. Tim Patrick's replacement. That's a big, big ask because he does have a tendency to drop the football. And young in his career, either way, his reputation is that he he drops the football. But you put up with it because of his ability to get separation between himself and the defender. Because if you can get any guy with just a minuscule amount of talent that can just kind of catch the football... You get him wide open, there's a good chance he's going to catch the ball. And I think that he's he could be one of those guys, one of the better guys to do it. But you got to be able to catch the ball. And Russell Wilson's been working with him like crazy, so we'll see how that works out. That's the big question, though, is Jerry, Judy.
1: I've got one for you. Okay. It's completely unrelated, but it's a fantasy question.
0: Okay, well, it's kind of related, I guess.
1: Who on the Broncos has the most fantasy value?
0: That's tough, because as much as I say Javante Williams is going to be a top five back in the NFL, the risk of, of a fantasy owner is knowing that Melvin Gordon's going to take away some carries. Last year, he took exactly 50% of those carries. I think it's going to be more like 60-40, or even more than that. I Maybe even 70-30. Who's the biggest fantasy guy? Well, if you want to look at Russell Wilson, and what he's, and you heard the promo that's running, he looks at one and two. There's one or two guys that Russell Wilson's primarily going to. So if you were looking at that, who's one and two? Portland Sutton and now Jerry Judy. Here's here's going to be something that I've been thinking about, Jades. Even with drops, I think Jerry Judy is going to have a breakout year this year. I've been just—and I haven't been down to camp, but I've been studying up, and I've been listening, and I talk to our insiders off the air— um, I just feel like even with a few documented drops, that Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy are going to find a connection. Now, do I think he's worth the risk of taking him over Javante Williams? If 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 you're going to take a Bronco and you're in like I don't know, what would Javante Williams be like?
1: He's going in like the
0: third third round. Third round. So Judy would be probably he's shortly thereafter. A like, top receiver would be second or third round, right? Devonte Adams is probably first round, right? Depending on the league. Um,
1: I've been getting Devontae at like second round. It's It's been mostly like Justin Jefferson, Debo, Cooper Cup, obviously, so like, Stephon Diggs. There's
0: five or six receivers that are high up there. So if you're were if you faced with that decision of, okay, here's Devontae Williams, here's Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, because those would be the three, right? Yeah, I think.
1: Because Albert O's
0: not going to be a fantasy guy.
1: Are we talking about for most valuable? Yeah. I think it's between Javante, Sutton, and Russ.
0: Oh, yeah, quarterback. (sighs) Because I I think Russell's going to be good. But over other quarterbacks? Like, if you have a Kyler Murray in front of Russell Wilson and you need a quarterback. I'll probably draft Russell Take Russell over Kyler Murray? Mm -hmm. Would you take him over Josh Allen? No. Would you take him over Patrick Mahomes?
1: No. He's losing a weapon. I wouldn't... I wouldn't take... I'm not drafting Patrick Mahomes this year as is. Dixon, you can have him. But... I mean, if the opportunity presented itself, I mean, you got to go with Mahomes. Mahomes over
0: Russell Wilson, yeah. right? Oh, okay, then let's just do this game then. If you're saying that you think Russ is the most valuable or you think it's Javante Williams?
1: Mm, it's, it really just depends on his carry share.
0: I, and I, I'm telling all... you I think it's going to be more than 60%. Does that, does that move the needle enough for you to draft him early? No. How about if it's 70 Yes. Okay. Well, I think it's going to be between sixty and seventy. You know what? I'll go sixty-four percent. No. No. That's less than two.
1: That's less than two-thirds. The snap share.
0: Interesting. So then you're going to go with Russell then being the most valuable Bronco as far as fantasy goes, assuming that Javante's going to get less carries.
1: I guess get split so. the carries. Yeah. So
0: then, let me ask you this: Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson? Who you taking? Oh, Herbert. Um, Derek Carr.
1: Mm, probably Russ. I I have those two pretty close. I'm just I, I, I'm so you Russ. have
0: Russell kind of in the Derek Carr territory. Yes. Um, I'm gonna tell you, I just think Jerry Judy's gonna be a wild card. Maybe you don't take him early, but. 6th, 7th round? That's, see, that's where I have Sutton. Is like I think he's
1: the sleeper this year.
0: I mean, He was banged up a little yesterday. Um, But I, I'm just... I don't know. Flying Dutchman. What a no-brainer. Russell Wilson is by far the most valuable player on the Broncos. Fa- fantasy valuable player on the Broncos. He will threaten to win the MVP of the league. Whoa! Whoa! Bold claim. So first off, Russell Wilson was in the... And I know he missed a couple of games last year, but... He wasn't even in the top 10, was he, last year as far as production? I mean, he was doing good when he was
1: in, like, towards the beginning of the season, but then once he came back from his injury, he wasn't anything special.
0: I'm telling you right now, Javante Williams is way more valuable than Russell Wilson as a fantasy player. In the first round, first or second round, and you have an opportunity to take, and again, I know quarterbacks, it's different depending on the league, but I I think Williams is going to be... An absolute monster. So I, th- I don't think it's a no-brainer. I think you're wrong.
1: Well, and I've been able to get Russ, like, 8th or ninth round in a lot of leagues because, oh, well, granted, running backs, wide receivers are a premium...
0: But and nobody's taken Russ, and I I think Ross, Russ is a top tier quarterback. Now I'm not talking about necessarily yards and all that stuff, but I think his his decision making. I, I don't base top tier based on your yards necessarily. It, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, right? Um, but I think his decision making process is very good. And your 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 touchdown interception ratio. You could throw for five thousand yards, but if you throw for thirty thirty interceptions and thirty touchdowns. Yeah. You, you, you can air it out, sure, but you're not that efficient. Right. Um, so I think Russell Wilson's top tier as far as quarterbacks and namesake, but as far as fantasy goes, fantasy stats, no. I don't throw him up there as a top t- tier fantasy football player. There's a difference. There is a difference.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I agree with you. He's He's a better real-life acquisition than a fantasy football acquisition. Correct.
0: Sutton and Judy are the values right now especially with Patrick going down Williams is pretty much locked in second round and not a real value with Gordon around there you go Um, yeah we got a lot of text coming in 49 minutes after the hour we'll take a short break it's the whole show powered by PDC Energy we'll wrap up the show on the other side don't go anywhere
1: The insight you need before making that pick. Listen to Betting Across America with former buff Mike Pritchard. Weekdays at 2 on 103.1 and 1310
0: KFKA. Hey, this is Coach McCaffrey, your UNC head football coach, and you're listening to the whole show on 1310 KSKA. 1.53 1.53 the time. Welcome back into the whole show. Wrapping it up today. Um, Jades, do you think the Rockies are going to do this again against uh, St. Louis? They had 12 runs before the fifth inning last night. The over is 11. Do we dare go there again? I think St. Louis is going to go crazy. Freeland's been really good for three games. My gut tells me Freeland starts to fall apart a little bit today, tonight.
1: Yeah, I think it's the Rockies' game to lose.
0: What about that over? No. They under? Under yes. to under 11? Yes. Freeland is at least good enough to keep it a close game.
1: I don't know if it'll be close. I see like maybe like 7 6-3, something like so that. So we're close
0: to that, but not quite to 11. All right. Um, hopefully baseball can be as exciting as it was the other night. We're getting to it, though. We do have preseason football on Friday. All weekend, the Broncos start their joint practice with the Cowboys coming up tomorrow, so they'll get to hit somebody else and then of course, they're playing on Saturday so I can't wait for that um the field of dreams game is tomorrow too, so we'll probably discuss that a little bit. It always leads us down this path of amazing sports movies that that's got that's a movie though that revolutionized the game too though like that added. To the game. There's not necessarily... I mean, remember the Titans was pretty good, but that was kind of even one of those that was not necessarily about football as much as it was about the time of... that, that time of our lives. Um, Field of Dreams, man. I mean, that's a marketing thing for baseball. And that you're right. That was a hell of a move, making this thing grow and... Doing it again and making it a yearly thing. I think it's uh, absolutely a huge thing for Major League Baseball. They need more nuggets like that to continue on growing growing the sport. That's going to do it for us. Our 13 days, 13 teams continues tonight at 5 o'clock. High school football training camp coverage that you'll never get anywhere else. Clark Johnson has been just so thorough in his breakdowns. You're going to know everything before the high school football season kicks off in a couple of weeks. That's going to do it for us. Good night, Northern Colorado.